The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. First weekend of November, let's get it going. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Good to have you here in the next 60 minutes, action-packed. We're about to get into our week in review. Also on the way, financial and retirement planning for child-free couples. Ask Annex is packed full of great questions. And then toward the end of the show, remarriage and estate planning, why that's an important step you want to consider, you want to take, and you want to work with a professional on. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano, our President and CEO. Welcome to you. Thank you, Danny. You know, folks, we've been talking about the Federal Reserve the entire year for obvious reasons because we can see what's happening with inflation. I know I've beat that horse into the ground. However, it is important. It's front and center. There was a Fed meeting this week, and we'll get to that. But of course, Friday afternoon, the Dow ended up in the green, up 300 points, which uh, capped off an interesting week. It certainly was. I mean, we had a, a terrific month. I mean, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up the most in like 50 years last month, up over 14%. But this week, the S&P uh, was down 3.5%, the NASDAQ down 6 and small caps, which have started to outperform, were only down 2 in a period when the 10-year yield went to 4.15%. And if you open the hood and take a look, there's a lot of things that are happening. You said that the Dow Jones had certainly had a divergence from the other major indices. That's the S&P 500 and the triple Qs. And you have to look at what is owned in each one of those. Right. And, and it reminds me a lot. You know, you often say I'm a reform fund manager. I managed a, a tech fund in the year 2000. And I remember, you know, at a point, you know, everyone owned the technology companies to the exclusion of all other sectors. And what we're starting to see is something very similar. Some of the very largest companies in market cap in the S&P 500 are beginning to underperform in a very dramatic fashion. They're overowned, and many of them are still not cheap. Whereas at the same time, you know, smaller cap companies, uh, industrial companies, energy companies, uh, financials are actually building bases. And that's why, you know, the, the portfolio positioning going forward is going to be absolutely critical. And so we've talked about this, but I want you to do a quick primer course. There's a market cap weighted index that we look at. And you can see what's happening. First of all, I want you to explain that, but you can see what's happening when these large market caps start to correct. Well, the S&P 500 is market cap based. The, 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 the selection and the inclusion of companies in the S&P is decided by a committee. And what often happens is as companies succeed and they get bigger and bigger, they become a bigger and bigger part of that index. So Apple is obviously uh, the largest market cap company, roughly 6% of the S&P. You know, Microsoft's right up there. Google's up there. And basically the top eight in the S&P 500 are roughly 23% of the market in cap. In what sector are they in? And they're all basically in the technology sector. And they're also in a sector that really benefited in, in some ways for the pandemic because it, it forward loaded trends that were going to take place over years. And, and it was just a two-year trend that, uh, that occurred. So we saw a lot of excesses, probably a lot of pull forward demand. So when you think about it, the valuation on those names is about 24 times earnings, whereas the balance is about 12.9. So the soldiers, if you will, in the S&P 500 are actually reasonably valued. Yeah, and so we've pointed that out, that those big tech names have an outlier effect on these indices. And let's now shift gears to the important meetings that happened this week. We had a lot of economic news. Most importantly, the Federal Reserve came out earlier this week. Right. Jerome Powell, uh, you know, they announced a 75 basis point hike, which was widely expected.
expected. And then in the press conference, you know, the market initially rallied off that because they feel like perhaps the pace of rate increases in the future is going to slow. But Powell basically said, we've got a long way to go. He resumed that hawkish stance that he originally expressed at Jackson Hole and the market sold off because the belief now is that that terminal rate, in other words, the rate they're going to get to is a little higher than they had thought originally because inflation has been so persistent and uh, sticky. And so 75 basis points, of course, is what it came out. And then what happens in December is where all eyes went. And 50 basis points is the common thinking. So just in a matter of approximately four or five or six weeks, you're going to see 125 basis points hike from where it was, which was in the low threes. And still, Derek, historically, they don't stop raising rates until they see the whites of the eyes of inflation. Right. Historically, they haven't stopped uh, raising the Fed funds rate until it was above the rate of the CPI. And the last measure we saw on CPI was eight. The Fed funds rate, as you mentioned, is close to four-ish now. So there's a wide dichotomy there. That can close, of course, any number of ways. But most, the, most importantly, that inflation becomes down. Right. That would that would certainly help. The other thing that was a kind of a, a green shoot, however, was that he did acknowledge the lagged effect of monetary policy and the fact that there are leading indicators that are rolling over. So they are aware that the inflationary pressures are subsiding to a degree, uh, but he's certainly not prepared to pause, which is what the market, I think, is hoping for. And ladies and gentlemen, what is in your portfolio matters in times like these. You betcha. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. That is the thing you want to do, and you, and you can do it this weekend. Also want to remind you, we can review available on demand this weekend at the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel on Axiom, delivered Sunday mornings, Spotify at the top of the hour. AnnexWealth.com is our website. Click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, November 6th. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on, good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. We're back, hot off the press, the 2022 year-end tax guide from Annex Wealth Management, now available at AnnexWealth.com. It's available to anybody. It is an amazing two-sided source of so much help. Uh, just got to head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Dave, this is something we put out every single year, but this year's is especially great. So, Well, it is, and there's a lot of stuff going on, folks, and we know Obviously, you can't. You have to be under a rock to know that inflation isn't out there, and the Federal Reserve is part of the conversation. But what's coming up as well, and again, you'd have to be under a rock not to know that we have an election coming up, yeah. and all of those things, Danny, are going to have an effect on the way people look at their portfolios. In the studio, we got Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano is our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Thanks, Danny. And let me continue on that thought, Derek. You know, you, you talk about what's happening and the fact that there's an election coming up, and one. Of the top concerns, of course, is inflation. And when you break it down, you know, there's been an argument by some economists that we've seen peak inflation, but we got a jobs report this week, which was really interesting. Right. The job report actually was a lot stronger than many people had thought. The U.S. economy added 261,000 jobs uh, in October, uh, above the 205,000 estimate. Our average hourly earnings were actually up 0.4%, a bit faster than the prior month. So wage growth continues apace. And the number of people in the labor force actually declined. So the unemployment rate 
actually went from 3.5% to 3.7% despite the strong number. And again, Derek, that is an important piece that it added jobs. And of course, when you talk about inflation, where I was going with that is wage inflation is a significant part of the calculation. Well, I think all of us know, you know, I know like at my country club, we've had a difficult time hiring people. And on the service side, you know, that's that's been a challenge. So employers are reluctant to give up employees during a period of what they perceive to be economic weakness. So perhaps firings will be sticky in a sense. Uh, the other thing is, you know, these job openings were up again, surprisingly, by almost 800,000 in the last reading. So there are still a lot of job openings. And, you know, with a strong labor market and a Fed that is is convinced that one of the reasons why inflation is persistent is, is, is demand, uh, they're doing everything they can to do, which is why these markets have been so volatile, looking for direction as the headwinds between a tightening Fed and a slower economy continue to collide. And speaking of the tightening Fed, of course, that the Federal Reserve is the United States central bank, but there are central banks around the world that are very concerned about currencies. And of course, the Bank of England made news this week as well. Right. They raised the rate as well. And, and we know that the UK faces much more complicated inflation issues than we do here in the United States. Their electricity prices are off the charts. Commodity prices, the same thing. And their economy is probably already in a recession. And that's one of the things that's perplexing to many because the U.S. is still somewhat of an oasis. We're in a better position than many other countries around the world. And we have the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. And because it's been so strong, it has actually restrained inflationary impulses in our country, which is why I think the U.S. stock market has performed so much better than overseas markets. And so, you know, we've talked about we are exporting inflation, which certainly the rest of the world doesn't want to see. But let's talk through that. Well, I mean, you know, currencies affect the prices people pay. They have that also affect earnings. For example, the Chinese, who we used to have a much better relationship with, you know, low-cost labor and the rest, they were exporting disinflation for decades, and that is shifting. We're going on parallel paths, not mutually agreeable paths. So, you know, we're talking about separate semiconductor industries, restraints on trade and the rest, and that's going to lead to a higher level of inflation in our country than what we're used to, even after the Fed is done with this tightening cycle. And lastly, of course, is the U.S. dollar clearly is compared to other currencies, and the dollar is on everyone's eyes, especially when it comes to energy. Right. I mean, the, you know, energy is denominated in dollars. Now, we've got crude oil trading in the mid-90s. Now, where do you think the price of oil would go if the dollar were to weaken considerably? It'd probably go a lot higher. And that would be to the consternation of many. But that would also lead to inflationary pressures here, which is why the Fed's task is so difficult. And, you know, when you look at backward-looking indicators, it's so easy to hit a tree, you know, if you're driving along without looking out the windshield. You've got to, like, you know, think about what they're doing, which is why a measured pace of rate increases makes a lot of sense to me, at least, particularly when they're reducing the size of their balance sheet. And I know folks are listening and says they're driving down the road, but I know this is compelling, but please don't run into any trees. (laughs) We appreciate that. There's our public service announcement. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer, got them for the rest of the hour, along with Dave Spano, our president and CEO. Folks, if we can help, head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Fill out that contact form and we would love to talk. Not all families are the same. Couples without children still need solid financial planning. We'll talk about that next. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. 
the Annex Wealth Management team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, not one the same. Not one of our clients' financial and retirement plans are the same because not one of our clients are the same. It's deeply personal. It's custom tailored. It's unique to you. We often talk about families in a traditional sense, dad, mom, kids. We also know not every family is traditional, and it's very true for couples who are child-free. Planning for these couples is different, and that's what we're going to talk about with Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP, and a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Welcome back. Hi. Child-free is a better, kinder way of saying childless, right? For whatever reason, and most or none of our business, not every couple has children. But that doesn't mean they don't appreciate holistic financial planning. Well, sure. I like to think of it this way, Danny. There are some people who have heirs where it's important to have them leave their beneficiaries something to provide for them. And you know what? It doesn't matter if it's their children, nieces, nephews, friends. And there are some people who've worked hard. And while they love the people around them in their life, their goal is to make sure that they themselves are provided for. But either way, holistic financial planning is required. And by the way, there's really no right or wrong in that. You know, it's tough to pin down exactly how many Americans don't have children and don't plan on having any. Going by census estimates, about 11% of Americans, 50 and older are child-free, but recent data suggests the number may be growing. It's reasonable to assume 50 to 60 million Americans are child-free. Deanne, true or false, most, if not all, financial rules of thumb assume that you have kids. Yeah, that's true. So if we're creating a financial plan in a box, so to speak, and, and it's not customized, obviously that's not the way Annex works. But many goals that are around that traditional financial planning would include the legacy you leave after you die, not necessarily thinking about the legacy you create in your life. I think those are very different things, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. So I do believe it's true, Danny. If you take the possibility of kids out of the equation... Does the whole foundation of a financial plan change? Well, sure, it does. Because it's not so much about what you leave behind. It's about what you create in your life. You know, we all want to be relevant, right? We want to be remembered by someone or something. So this could be about what you're doing while you're still alive. Maybe creating that ongoing scholarship with your alma mater. Or maybe it's about doing what makes your soul sing and giving to charity in a way while you're alive where you can volunteer and you can really feel the goodness there. It's about something bigger than ourselves that we want to take care of. Child-free couples are not necessarily non-traditional, but are they still aiming at traditional financial landmarks like retiring at 65? Well, the age might change, but certainly for most people, retirement's the goal. However, we like to rephrase this and have people think about not retiring from something, but retiring to something. And, you know, throughout our retirement, our goals change as well. We don't know where we might live, for example. And in some cases with couples with kids, they might say, well, I want to be where my kids are. That gives a little freedom to people who don't have that concern. 
We're with Ian Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA, planning for child-free couples. What's it mean when somebody suggests to invest backwards? Ah, well, this would be true of anybody who, again, wants flexible early retirement in particular, with children or not. Now, if you're going to retire before the age when you can, without penalty, pull money from your retirement funds, then you need to consider the tax placement of your investments and make sure that you have different pots of money from a different taxation point of view and make sure that you can pull from a pot of money that won't penalize you. So, for example, a lot of people might do the right behavior of paying themselves first and doing a pre-tax 401k, for example. That's great. But if you pull from an IRA before the age of 59 and a half, or in many cases, a 401k before 55, you might hit a penalty. Now, having a traditional taxable account or even a Roth that was set up earlier gives you a kind of tax freedom and flexibility to do tax advantage investing and to pull your funds penalty free if you're going to retire earlier. So again, early planning. It's never too early, right, Danny? Planning for child-free couples. Plan for long-term care. That would be huge. Yeah, I do hear from my singles and couples who are child-free periodically concerned about their own personal care as they age. And because of this, we do suggest that they consider an estate plan sooner. And in case of disability or long-term care that hits early, we like to explore the option of both of those types of insurances or hybrids. Uh, From an educational point of view, you know, people should know what the cost would be to them, but then you've got to follow the math because obviously the earlier you it, there's a certain break even if you're going to use it to make sure that the math works of paying the premiums as opposed to self-insuring. That's the kind of math that a financial planner can look at. You know, they also there's a concern about having that financial power of attorney and healthcare power of attorney that you can turn to if there's a problem. Having these can provide a peace of mind. Not one of our clients' financial and retirement plans are the same because not one of our clients are the same. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. You are listening to Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? When we talk about team, we do so with various members of our investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning teams who contribute segments that demonstrate our knowledge and ability to help our clients on their way to and through retirement. Amy Bremer, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me. So you're in the thick of things. You're constantly meeting with people who are curious about what Annex Wealth Management can do for them and working with current clients where you're part of the team that helps plan and execute investment and retirement plan, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've been with Annex now for over six years and work with a lot of families on all different types of paths and and goals for their futures. So being a part of a number of conversations with interest 
interested parties or current clients or friends and neighbors, mm-hmm. right? You're on the receiving end of a lot of questions about what you do, I would think. Yeah, it comes up, you know, at the barbecue or, you know, oh, man, you work at Annex? You'd be surprised the kind of questions I hear. Let's go through a couple. Oh, okay. Because maybe what you share might help some others and, and make them feel like, oh, I'm not alone in all this, right? Absolutely. Cool. And the first step is, is you told me that people ask you, what's the next hot stock? Yeah, everyone's looking for the next new Amazon or the new it thing that they can buy on the cheap and ride it on the way up. But I tell them that's not what I do. And that's really not what Annex does. We really focus on financial planning and setting goals and helping you achieve them. So investing and having a diversified portfolio is just one part of that overall financial plan. You're right. That's not what we do. It's the bigger plan. Mm -hmm. Another question you get asked is, how am I or we doing compared to our peers? Does that mean like, okay, so your neighbors are asking, you know, how are we stacking up with everybody else you deal with? Yeah, the neighbors or even existing clients or folks that come to us to interview us to become their new financial professional team. And that's a difficult question to answer because it depends. It depends on how much your family spends every year. It depends on how much you've saved for your retirement. It depends on if you want to retire early or work longer. It's not so clear cut. And, you know, does it even matter how people are compared? I mean, this is like keeping up with the Joneses or something like that. Yeah. One, it doesn't really matter how you're doing against your peers. What matters is what you want in retirement and are you working towards achieving your specific goal? Are you saving enough? Are you planning enough with a professional? Amy Bremer is a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. She's part of this great team that works on behalf of our clients for investment and retirement planning. A lot of conversations and answers a lot of questions. We're going over a few that she shared with me. Next up, people say, I don't know what I have. Is it even good? Boy, that's typical. I mean, Dave Spano talks about that all the time. Know what you own. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Danny. You know, when you're in the backyard barbecue holding a beer while your husband's on the grill, people are asking you these questions. And I don't know what these families have. So I say to them, well, you know, I don't know if it's good, but let's get together and let's look at it. And that's the power of working with a professional team like Annex is we can analyze that for you and make sure either confirm for you that you are on the right track or help you pivot and adjust to get you on a better track. Yeah. And we talk about that free portfolio analysis and many times Randy and his team will talk about we like this this and this and that that and that could probably be a little better so it is about that portfolio review here's another one that Amy gets I know I'm supposed to save in my 401k and I am but I don't know what I'm doing yeah that's a tough one too because think if you're a nurse at a hospital and your area of expertise is medicine and caring for you know NICU children or whatnot you don't know a lick about what to pick for investing and it's so confusing and it's so overwhelming so I get that a lot you know I don't know what I'm doing so then I say, well, let's look at it. Yeah. Let's look at it together. Let's collaborate. And I personally, in my role as a wealth manager, I can identify some of those things, but I rely heavily on our investment team. Those are the guys watching Bloomberg charts all day long, reading all about the next new things and doing the investment picking in our client portfolios. Those are my experts. So I work with them to help families set their 401k portfolios to match the risk that they have with their existing accounts. Here's the last one, and I love this one. Yeah. My kids need help, but they won't listen to mom and dad. Can you talk to my kids? So you'd be the, what, cool aunt? Yeah, yeah. I am the cool aunt. My brother's got five kids. I love it. Yes, it is so hard 
with a kid parent relationship, you know, the kids are asserting their independence. They don't need mom and dad. Mom and dad love their kids to the moon and they want to set them up right. But there's just weird friction when it comes to kids and parents. So a lot of the families that I work with now on the cusp of retirement or in retirement, their kids are graduating college and starting their first careers. Lots of questions about paying off student loan debt, how to pick benefits, what's the difference between a high deductible health insurance plan and a HSA, and what do you mean I get long-term disability from work? What's that? They find that by asking me to talk to their kids, it's a neutral party. The children are more apt to listen to the advice. And I tell you, Danny, I love working with those young professionals because a few good decisions in your early to mid-20s could potentially set up set you up for life. You know, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of answers and there's a lot at stake. So rather than avoid asking questions that we just heard, especially if you're afraid you might sound uninformed, it's okay. Annex Wealth Management takes a lot of time to listen to our clients and those interested in engaging a fee-only fiduciary partner. Amy Bremer, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. A delight to have you. I hope you come back again. Thank you. My pleasure, Danny. Take care. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Time for Ask Annex. Head to our website. you got a question. Look for the Ask tab. If we can help. Hit that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle's a wealth manager joining us. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Danny. Randy Winkler, CFPNA wealth manager. Welcome. Hi, Danny. It's Roth time. We've got a couple of them. Our first one is from James, and then we have an anonymous question. Let's put them together because they're kind of sort of the same. James asks, what's the difference between a Roth conversion and a Roth contribution? And then our anonymous question asks, a Roth conversion something I can do myself? Well, Danny, this is one of the most common questions that we hear is, what's the difference? And unfortunately, the words are very similar, a contribution and a conversion. But we'll talk about what the difference is. Let's start with a contribution because I think it's a little bit of an easier concept. To make a Roth contribution, you have to have earned income and it has to be below a certain dollar amount. And there's a certain maximum that you can put in. But this money typically comes from like your checking account, from a non-qualified account. You're putting money away in the Roth and it's never taxed again. There's lower limits, but it's something we look at for people that are working and probably in lower tax brackets. A Roth conversion is when you take money out of a qualified bucket, like an IRA, a 401k, or a 403b. You pay the taxes and then move it over into the Roth to never pay taxes again. So prior to that, it's not a Roth. Correct. The yep. money would be in an IRA, yep. 401k, a, a different kind of account. So what we're doing is we're choosing to pay the taxes. One of the big differences, there's no limit to how much you can do for a Roth conversion, and there's also no income limits. So you could do a whole bunch. And some people, when they hear about them, they're like, well, hey, let's just do the whole IRA. We never do that because you might be blowing past the top tax bracket. So we're very selective in picking what bracket we want to convert into to fill that up. That probably answers the next question, which is, are Roth conversions something I can do myself? Because it sounds like a lot yeah. of moving pieces. I think technically you probably could, but you probably don't want to because there's some tripwires that you may come across. 
there's something called a IRMA threshold. If you have a certain amount of income, you start paying more in Medicare premiums. You might hit the NIT, the net investment income tax, where you have to pay additional capital gains taxes. So, And the numbers don't line up. They wouldn't make it that easy for us. So if you're just looking at the tax brackets, you might be missing some other opportunities. Social Security taxation could go up. So it'd probably be good to get some advice from somebody who's got great software tools and a, and a big tax background to do these types of things. Next up on Ask Annex, another anonymous question. I've always paid extra on my mortgage toward principal. We refied when rates were super low. If savings rates continue to rise, I think I should stop that and move the extra cash somewhere else. 401k, HSA, I have both, or somewhere else. Well, as you know from the show, I'm a big fan of the HSA, so that triple tax advantage you just can't beat. You get it, put it in pre-tax, it grows tax-free, and then it comes out tax-free for medical expenses. But I'm not really sure about your financial picture, but if the bulk of your assets are already in the 401k or other retirement accounts, take the money you normally pay your mortgage and open up an individual brokerage account. That will serve you probably really nicely later on in life. It'll give you more spending flexibility because you want to even out that tax location where all your accounts are. You've heard us talk about the three buckets, the tax now, tax later, and tax never. So if you can start filling up that tax never bucket, and it comes time later on in life when you want to start spending that money, you won't be limited and worry about how much income you're taking. That third bucket sounds a whole lot more fun. Yeah, I love the third bucket. (laughs) Tax never. Next up on Ask Annex from Tony, how are portfolios de-risked? I assume that also impacts the potential upside. So one of the most popular ways to de-risk the portfolio is by changing the asset allocation. So more on the fixed income side or debt. So you sell your equities or your stocks and you reinvest it into the debt side of the portfolio or the fixed income. Thereby, you're changing your asset mix. And it will affect your returns because we know risk and reward go hand in hand. More risk you take, the more reward you're expecting. The less risk you take, the less returns. But keep in mind, in a taxable account, if you're rebalancing and doing that, just keep in mind the tax implications of doing that. Here's an anonymous question. My neighbor is well compensated but severely behind on investing for retirement. He believes he can make up ground by being super aggressive with stocks and other types of investments. This isn't the time, or is it? I'm really torn on answering this question because part of me wants to say, yeah, now probably is the time because the market's down. We have an opportunity to buy things on sale and move forward. Um, What I'll actually say is you should probably stick with your risk tolerance. So a lot of people change their risk tolerance when the market's up and the market's down. And most of the times they do it backwards. When the market's down, they sell out, they sell low. And when the market's back up, they get confident and they buy high. Been talking about here is flipping that around, which could be a strategy, but again, you have to get the timing right. So I would say get a financial plan, work with somebody to make sure you're in the right risk tolerance, stick with it, evaluate it, have active management to do this kind of thing for you, and then just kind of sit back and watch your wealth grow. That's Ask Annex. Got a question? Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. If we can help, click that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager, thank you. You're welcome. Randy Winkler, CFP and a Wealth Manager, thank you. Sure. More to come. Please stick around. We're going to be right back with Robert Chastain, Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Like it or not, you are a media-consuming machine. Chased all day by headlines, texts, emails, on the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. News about market volatility and uncertainty could lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report increased stress about their investment and retirement plans. This isn't a time to be frozen in place. Take action. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side. 
build a plan that will help cut through the noise. We'll provide comprehensive investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Let Annex do a deep dive on your portfolio, offer unbiased advice with Wealthmetric, and work to create a solid plan for you and your family. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. It only takes a couple of minutes, in person or online. It's time to take action and know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. So we're going to talk about some money moves that most retirees don't regret, and we've got a list of six. These are things that we discuss just about every day with people interested in having Annex Wealth Management as a partner in investment and retirement planning, and also our current clients. It's really basic stuff. It's incredibly important. It's stuff that, well, some of these my dad kind of drilled into my head, and so maybe you're going to hear some words from your fathers. Robert, the first on the list is eliminating debt. I can hear my dad now. If somebody gets after debt, cash flow changes. It opens up opportunities, and that's something that retirees don't regret. It sure does, Danny. And you know, if you can think about debt like living your life with handcuffs on, there's so many fewer things you can do if you're loaded up with debt. Debt and negative health are the biggest obstacles to a fulfilling retirement. So health, sometimes we don't have a choice if it's familial, but debt is kind of a choice. I always, always, always try and counsel all of our clients retire that debt as fast as possible before you retire. I hear you. you. You know, we often say that not all debt is created equal, and some people carry debt in very strategic ways. But like you said, just that, that big pressing debt, it just kind of sits on top of you. It's money right off the top. And it's just, if your income is going to service interest payments, it's just less money for you to enjoy life. Sure. Second thing that retirees don't regret, and that's diversifying investment vehicles. Can you dig down on that a little bit? Absolutely. You know, uh, a lot of the tech companies came out with earnings last week, and one was Facebook slash Meta. They dropped 20% overnight. Can you imagine having 100% of your portfolio in one stock and waking up and 20% of my net worth is gone? That's why we here at Annex, we take a tactical approach. Every single client is different. You take a risk analysis and then we apply a portfolio that suits your needs. Number three and number three A, I guess, maxing out your Roth IRA or maxing out the company 401k. And there again, my dad's words just getting at me until I did it. Well, you know, the 401k is the only time that the government gives you an interest-free, tax-free loan until you start drawing on it. I know myself and my cohorts here at Annex, you try and max that out, especially if there's a company match. It's free money and you take every penny of it, you know, and then if you can put more money in a Roth, it's the quickest way to save money for retirement. And you're getting that interest-free, tax-free loan until you start drawing on it. 
Who doesn't like that? We're with Robert Chastain, branch director and wealth manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Things that retirees don't regret doing, and here's one, planning on when to claim Social Security. And i got to admit some guilt here. Always in the back of my mind, I was going to take it at 62 because it's like, listen, it's mine. I want it now. Until I sat down and had an actual investment and retirement plan with Annex Wealth Management, I didn't know the difference. I got steered the right way. This is a more complex question than a lot of people realize. Do you take it at 62? Do you take it at 65? Do you take it at 70? The one nice thing and the tools that we have here, we can model each one of those. And some of that's based on your health history, your genealogy, your longevity. We lay it all out, a bunch of different scenarios, and then we work through them with the client and then they can pick what they think is best. And the final thing retirees don't regret, working with a financial professional. It all starts with that conversation. We talk about that get started button, Robert, but it's really very simple. It just starts the conversation. That's where we learn a little bit more about you. You learn a little bit more about us. And we got to sit down across from you and hear your story. What is it that you want to do? Who do you want to help? Where do you want to go? How do you want to do it? That, I think, Robert, is really when the great stuff happens. It sure does. And it's as simple as this. The more that we know about you, the more that we can craft a plan to help you reach those goals, your wants, your wishes. And what is wrong about having an independent fiduciary looking out for you, especially later on in life, maybe if your faculties are slipping or you're by yourself, you know, your spouse passes away. It's just multiple eyes looking at the same thing. Absolutely. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. The website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Robert Chastain, Wealth Manager and Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, and we're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. So many streaming options, yet we end up watching repeats of our favorite show again instead of something new. We do that because it's comfortable. Same for financial advice. We do what makes us feel comfortable, even if that means we do nothing. At Annex Wealth Management, we understand during times like this, it's tempting to do nothing. It's time to change the channel. Take a look at where you're at and where you're headed. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference that Annex Wealth Management. Budgeting means freedom for some, but for others it can make the skin crawl. So joining us to build the case for solid everyday budgeting discipline now and the importance of it in retirement two of our team members, Randy Winkler, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Randy. Hey, Danny. This is going to be your kind of a segment. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management as well. But you've got some budgeting background, too. You used to teach it. I did. That's true. Deanne, has Randy ever shared his deep and unabiding love for budgeting or what he does for his system? (laughs) Yes. Pretty close and up there with his new wife, I would say. No, that's why he's (laughs) such a great partner in this area. So we both both Randy and I fervently believe in super planning, we like to call it, to include expenses that are divided into needs, like your living expenses and your wants, all that fun stuff. And dividing those out is really important. So, Randy, this is what you do on a Saturday morning. It's very much fun for me to uh, sit down with my budget and take a look at uh, how I'm going to put my dollars to work. All right, folks, let's talk budgeting and especially budgeting in retirement. So, Deanne, you meet with plenty of clients. I'm going to guess they all handle budgeting 
differently, right, if they do it at all? Well, that's very true, Danny. So to some people, the B word, budgeting, is a dirty word, right? Like maybe they have gone their whole lives with enough income. They've never had to think about separating out their expenditures. They've never worried about it. I can tell you that personally, I worry about cash flows and the impact on my own future in retirement. So before I personally do any large purchase like a house or a car or a lifestyle change, for example, I run a comprehensive cash flow right here at Annex with our financial planners here, and I run the flow of my own spending to see how it impacts my own future. Whenever we go through a transition, so whether it's you know, the three big D's, death, divorce, or disability, it impacts our cash flow. And it's really important that we take a step back, breathe, and have our arms around where we really spend. So what you do with yourself is what you do with our clients, right? Absolutely. Okay. So Randy, what makes you feel so strongly about budgeting besides it's just beautiful order? Well, I heard a saying years ago that failing to plan is planning to fail. This is a saying that I heard years ago, and it really struck me. And I noticed through experience in the industry and personal, if you don't give each dollar a job, they just wander off. You've got to assign them a mission and hold them to it. Um, Otherwise, they are like little soldiers that don't have a war to fight. So, Deanne, if people don't understand where their money goes when they're working, and you kind of talked about that, that there's some people that they, they don't really need to budget. They probably should, but they don't. They could be in for a surprise when retirement rolls around. So here's the thing that we find, and I'm sure, Randy, you see this too. People tend to throw a lot into this big amorphous category that they call miscellaneous. Oh, I've got one of those. Right? Oh, <laughs> no. Eh, thanks for playing. Okay. No, I hate those miscellaneous categories. I once sat down with somebody who had 20% of their expenditures in that category. It turned out it was for her pets, a very valid and can be expensive category should be separate out for your pets. In this case, it was her two cats. I didn't know you could spend that much on cats, but that's aside. Um, It is important to take a look at the little things that add up in retirement. Also, like people have hobbies they go back to, for example. So maybe they're stopping a full-time job in retirement, but they've always loved crafts and wood cutting. You know, there's an expense associated with that. I liken it to also some of the daily expenditures that we take for granted when we are working like, you're going to love this one, Danny, Starbucks. Mm. So, you know, I run through that. That mobile ordering is so easy. I go and I spend my $5.25 at Starbucks to get my flat white, you know, with soy. That adds up. So over the course of five 525 daily, if I get that every workday, it would add up to roughly $1,365 annually. That is not chump change. And so when I go back and break that out, and by the way, I could definitely get the coffee beans from Starbucks and grind my own for less than half of that if I was had to cut expenses, right? And that's some of the things that we look at. I mean, sometimes we're faced with choices in retirement on what we want to spend our extra cash on. And there are almost always more creative ways to save. But first, you have to understand what you're actually spending. Deanne Phillips is Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Randy Winkler is also here. He's Manager of Financial Planning and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Randy, our clients with the solid financial plans from Annex, they know what their income level is going to be in retirement. Is it as simple as just not overspending that? Uh, Not quite. So the expense number is the most important number in the entire financial plan, and it needs to be accurate, and you need to go through the budgeting exercise to get to that number. But just having that number just shows you what you 
you can spend, what's sustainable, the best way to do it is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Where do you take the money from? What's the distribution plan? So when you factor taxes in, just for example, if you take everything out of your IRA, you're paying income tax rates. If you take everything out of your uh, bank account, you may be paying no taxes whatsoever. Most likely, it'll be somewhere in between, and there's a very smart way to do that, where you're going to pay less in taxes, but have your expenses covered just the same. Randy Winkler, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Randy, thanks for coming in. Glad to be here. Deanne, thank you. Thanks for having me. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on, good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer, good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying, great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Jill Martin is an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thank you. So we like to dot I's and cross T's here at Annex Wealth Management when it comes to our clients. Details matter. When it comes to estate planning, there are plenty of details to watch, including some gotchas that can come up with remarriages. To make things easier to keep track of, at least for me, we're going to use the Brady Bunch, kind of the classic American television story. There's Mike Brady, there's Carol Brady, Carol with three girls on her side, Mike Brady, and the boys on the other. You're familiar enough, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. If Mike Brady doesn't update his will after marrying Carol, remember they're, they're putting the two families together for the bunch, and something happens to Mike, everything could go to the boys if that's the way it was structured. Basically, Carol would be out. Is that right? Well, it's not quite that simple. So what happens, though, is is anytime you have a remarriage, right, you need to revisit everything, whether it's beneficiary designations, whether it's your will, whether it's your trust, because divorce, what that does is it it automatically takes out that spouse who is now an ex. That's within your estate planning documents that doesn't apply to beneficiaries. So they may be treated as predeceased. So yeah, maybe it would go to the boys then, and but maybe he wants it to go to Carol. So what happens is, is it's a totally changed dynamic of this remarriage. So you really want to make sure that you're looking at your estate plan, looking at all your beneficiaries to figure out what's going to happen and what do I need to change. Right, because what he wants to happen, if it's not legally set, won't happen. Absolutely. And so that's the key. We can't just assume that the remarriage fixed yeah. it okay. or solved it. How about this slightly different scenario? Mike passes and it's all left to Carol with the understanding that she'd provide for the children, including the boys. There's a possibility that might not happen, right? There's a big possibility that if, might if not Carol happen. If Carol was evil. Well, not even if Carol was evil. It could happen by just accident, right? Let's, let's look at two IRAs. Mike has an IRA. Carol has an IRA. If Mike leaves his IRA to Carol, and Carol's beneficiaries on her IRA were only her three girls, she hasn't done anything to not provide for the boys but what's happened is is her beneficiaries are her three girls and so that's where mike's ira and her ira go so we've disinherited the boys carol isn't evil in that she's done that but that's likely not what mike wanted to have happen so that's where more planning needs to come in okay before they moved into that super cool 70s split level house (laughs) right an estate planning attorney needed to be in place not necessarily but 
anytime you've got children from prior marriages and you come to a new marriage with assets or something, right? Having some type of a marital agreement or a prenuptial agreement helps really outline how are we going to manage our new marital finances. And that's a really important step that some people don't undertake. But if you didn't do it before you got married, you can do it after. You can still contract with your spouse to say, these were my assets and I want them to go to the boys. And these were my assets and I want them to go to the girls. And here are our marital assets, which we'll split among the six of them. So there's things you can do after the fact, but sometimes it's easier to do it beforehand. In the case of the Brady Bunch, the kids were in middle school, high school-ish, and Mike and Carol's money was commingled. It was joint, correct? Let, let's, let's assume. Let, sure. Let's assume. Okay. So the kids grow up, they're in college, and then they moved out, and they're, they're totally empty nesters. Is there any obligation from either of those parents to do, to pass anything on to the kids? No. No. I mean, you as, a, as an individual with money can give it to whoever you want to. Obviously, when they're spouses, it's a little different because spouses have certain statutory rights to get money from a from a spouse who's deceased. That doesn't pass on to children, right? If all of a sudden, you know, Danny, you have two kids and you decide that you're not going to leave them a dime once you and your wife are gone, they don't have any legal claim to say, I should have gotten something from dad. Children don't have an inherent right to inherit. So if dad wanted that, he should have stated that and set that up. Yes, okay. absolutely. Right. Estate planning and remarriages, what are the gotchas we're using? The Brady Bunch is our family example. Here's one that might hurt the most. I think he got at it a little bit at the beginning. Failure to protect your estate from your first spouse. Now, in the Brady Bunch example, Mike Brady was a widower. Carol was divorced. If things weren't absolutely clean with beneficiary designations, life insurance plans, if Carol passed, first husband has a claim. Well, not a claim. So what you have to do there is is Carol needs to go back and look at her retirement account and figure out who the beneficiaries are. If her ex-husband was still listed, if she were to die, he's going to get that. That's where he would have a claim. Just because he's an ex-spouse doesn't mean he would have any authority. But if he's still listed as the beneficiary on her account, that's where he's going to get it. Now, he may decide, oh, I don't want it. Out of the goodness of my heart, I know it's going to go to my kids, my three daughters, right? Maybe he'd be okay with that but maybe he wouldn't be. And then all of a sudden, what did we just do? I like that you have hope because that's what the 70s had with the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Joe Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for jumping on. You're welcome. Appreciate the trip down memory lane. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. Used to be a retirement plan was working 40 years. Get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined, and retirement could last a long time. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan to help deliver the retirement you desire. It's time to know the difference. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. AnnexWealth.com. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com.
We're back. Quick reminder, this show is going to be on Spotify at the top of the hour. So if you came in partway through it and you'd like to hear a little bit more, make sure you do that. Also sign up for the Axiom on AnnexWealth.com, a free weekly newsletter. Subscribe to the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel with over 1,500 videos. And if you really want to dig in deep with members of our Annex Wealth Management investment team, investigate our SWAT podcast. SWAT is S-W-O-T, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. We do it fresh every single Monday. It's a quick listen. You can find that on Spotify as well. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, Annex Wealth Management in the studio. So is Dave Spano, our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. You know, Danny, you know the Italians, uh, they are one big family, right? They used to kid me about who is Tina? <laughs> That's right. 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 Yep, so yep. Tina is, there is no alternative, folks. And the reason why that acronym had been used for so long is because interest rates were artificially kept low. When interest rates are low, that is good for risk assets. Well, the rules have changed, and now interest rates are up significantly, Derek. And we saw a two-year on Friday that made your eyebrows go up. Yeah, the two-year note at one point on Friday traded as high as 4.75%. And when you compare that to the the dividend yield on the S&P 500, that looks very attractive. And you don't get the kind of volatility that we've seen recently in the stock market. I mean, one of our most bullish fulcrums really throughout uh, most of the last decade was that stocks were offering a higher yield with capital appreciation potential. Now they're not offering a higher yield. Yes, they do have capital appreciation potential. But in the case of the S&P 500, there are some very expensive stocks that carry a big weight. And I'm going to pound the drum now, folks, and and remember that you heard it here. We have been saying, we've been talking about transitory inflation. We talked about it the entire year that said that term is crazy. Well, that, that has now been pushed away. And we talked about it, some other issues that we see coming. This is what I see coming, folks. The fact that the interest rate on the U.S. debt, 42% of that U.S. debt, comes due in the next three years. Think about that. So over the next three years, all of these bonds are going to come due and the Treasury is going to have to go out and pay current rates. Well, that debt on average was at 1.5%. Today, it's significantly over 4%. Eric, it's an issue. Well, and, and just to put it in context, the interest on the debt is now the same size as the annual U.S. military budget, which is by far uh, the largest item in the U.S. discretionary budget. Now, if interest rates continue to go higher and they continue to fund on the short end of the yield curve, that could crowd out spending for other things, you know, social programs and the rest. So it's really a very important point in time that we're at. And there is an election, as you mentioned, on Tuesday. And right now it looks like we're going to have divided government, which historically has led to better returns returns for stocks over the long haul, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. And you talked about the discretionary spending. 60% of the budget, however, is tied to social services that is indexed to inflation. I'm talking about Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and the like. And so those, of course, that burden is going to go up. We saw the Social Security benefits went up significantly. And while those people who are getting Social Security are very happy about it, there's a cost to it as well. Right. An 8.7% increase is what I believe the cost of living adjustment was, which is the largest they've ever seen. So uh, there are lots of things going on in Washington that we know about. There are lots of things that are going to come about in the, in the coming months. We could have a, you know, 
some sort of uh, debt ceiling crisis again as, as the Republicans perhaps try to spur some sort of fiscal discipline there. And it's going to be a challenging, volatile market. But we do know that historically, in the 12 months after the midterms elections, on in every case since 1950, the stock market has been higher. So again, you want to maintain discipline, don't get freaked out by headlines, and, uh, and approach things from a balanced perspective. Thanks, Derek. Great show today. And folks, you know, we talk a lot about know the difference, and we've been hitting that for a long time. And the reason being is there is a significant difference between financial advisors. I know if you listen to a show and you hear a lot of financial advisors on the show, we want you to know the difference between those who are true fiduciaries, not who just use it as a marketing slogan, but do it as part of their process, that are fee-only fiduciaries. That term, folks, has teeth. It doesn't mean that someone's going to say they're a fiduciary and then turn around and sell you a product, be it a variable annuity, a fixed annuity, some product that they've created. So go through the process and know what fee-only fiduciary means, and that is the Know the Difference checklist that we've created, Danny. Dave, a lot of times, you know, we're radio fans. I mean, we've been on the radio for a long, long time. Yep. You go up and down you the dial. You longer than I. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you go up and down the dial on a weekend, you hear all sorts of financial talk shows, and really you might say, well, what's the difference? Right. That's why we say know the difference. And that know the difference checklist is key. We have it sitting on the website, AnnexWealth.com. It's free for the asking. You can look it up. Make sure that you vet whoever you're going to work with and put us to the test. See how we're going to work with you. And we're going to give you two deliverables if you go through that process. You hit the get started button. The two deliverables is a framework for a financial plan. So important. That's the map. And of course, a second eye on your portfolio. Dirk Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, thanks for jumping on. Oh, my pleasure. Dave Spano, our President and CEO, thank you. Thanks, Danny. This show is on the air so you can hear a small sample of what we do and how we do it. If it sounds like a match, let's take it a step further. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Now is the time. Annex Wealth Management is ready. We hope you are. See you back here next Sunday, noon. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.